Hola YouTube, my name is Ricardo Lino and I'm a wheel addict. Today we're gonna make something different, we're not gonna make a video. Basically we're gonna use this video platform which is YouTube, but we're gonna use it mainly for audio. But I'm not gonna do this alone, so today I'm gonna make a call to, to someone which is really special for the inline skating world, so let's see how this goes. It's gonna be my first Skype call being recorded. From what I know, it's his second, <laughs> second Skype call. Let's see how this goes. Hey, can you hear me? Wait, give me a second, give me a second. I don't know what's going on in here. Wait, wait. I see a logo. Yeah, it's working now. Let me see, I'm just trying to level the... Yo. You can see me, I can't see you though. Can you see me? Are we doing audio? No, I don't, we're not doing video, are we? Oh, wait, there we go. Yeah. I see me now. Nah, I'm just, I'm just going to do audio. Can you see me? I think my connection is going to be too slow, okay. so it's better to do just audio. Okay, audio. That's even yeah. better. Yeah. All good then. Wait. Maybe even... Can you just... Yeah, perfect. So... What do you want me to do? What I want you to do, I just... I tried to, to say that I had like someone special with me today and that someone special is it's someone who's about to start something special for the inland skating world, which is Jan Welsh. Jan Welsh is known for for his aggressive skating background, mainly, not just as a skater, he was a skater too, but mainly as a video maker and someone in the industry with a few brands. But Jan is about to start a new project. You want to tell us about that project, Jan? Yeah, a new project I'm doing is uh, it's going to be a, a big wheel blading uh, website. Um, it's going to cover all sort of different disciplines of big wheel blading from from just, you know, cruising around the city to doing distance skating to doing tricks, um, slalom, mountain blading. Uh, all the different things on big wheels that people do are fun, kind of bringing people together from the different disciplines because rollerblading has never been unified at all. It's always been very, you know, the different scenes, and that's it. Um, it's going to be uh, just a web magazine, kind of like Scott Magazine was back in the day, for those who remember that. Um, going to have several interviews for the launch, which should happen in about probably three weeks or so, uh, including Ricardo will be one of them. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. And one question. That was one that I had to make. It was had to be one of the first questions. So I know that you've been skating a lot with three wheels. Yes. If you would start a wheel company right now, would you call it three by three? If I started a wheel company right now, I would not call it three by three. But <laughs> if I did a wheel company right now, I would make big wheels and aggressive wheels. Yeah, kind of like what Undercover is doing, huh? Yeah, kind of like, you know, I mean, Undercover is just, they do everything. Power side, they've yeah. got everything, and they do it well, too. So, you know, for me, the little guy, do like a small wheel company, if I were to do one. Yeah, that's um, cool. And that's not out of question. Okay. So. Well, how did you got into, not into the big wheels thing, but how, how did you got into to skating? Well, I got into skating um, back in, I'd say, around Christmas 1988. My next-door neighbor got some uh, Rollerblade Zetroblades for Christmas, and he hated them. 
So I basically kind of stood from him and skated him to the wheels, which is cores, um, around the neighborhood. Then I got some uh, some Bauer hockey skates, and I would go skate the University of Texas and just skate down the stairs and skate around town when I was kind of young. Um, but as far as aggressive goes, when I was going to University of Texas, uh, I had this whole group of people who skated with us about you know ninety three or ninety four. Uh, just doing stair rides and jumping stairs and doing distance. And we played roller hockey. We were playing roller hockey uh, at this high school. And this carload pulls up with these guys from Houston. And they ask if they can play with us. And uh, one of them was B-Love Harden. This <laughs> other guy, Taz. And uh, there's a bike rack right where we were playing roller hockey. And B-Love does a, like a soul grind on the bike rack on the bottom part. And I was like blown away. I'm like, what is that? You know, like never seen anybody just slide like two inches on a rollerblades before. Um, that same day, he did a downstairs rail at Austin High. It was probably like four stairs. And that seeing that happen really changed my direction of skating. Um, started doing grinds around the university with people while trying to get everybody else into it. None of them could do it, so they all quit. And I was the only rollerblader in Austin for a good six months. So I met this guy, John Zarzinski, who's long gone. Um, there was a skate shop here called Armadillo Sport, and I put a flyer up looking for people to skate with. It had little pool tabs so people can call you up. And uh, that's how I met Lonnie Gallegos and Jason Howard. They called me up, and we met at some rail called Heron Rails in downtown Austin. And uh known those guys ever since. You know, still skate with Jason every weekend. That's so cool. that's been about tw- you know, over 20 years, 22 years now. <laughs> and I was just listening to to a podcast the other day with with Lonnie talking about how the, how he met Jason and how they got how they started skating together too. So wouldn't be yeah, cool. that far from from that time. But before that, you used to live yeah. in Germany, didn't you? Did you never live in Germany? I lived. I was born in Austin, Texas, and when I was about six months old, my my parents moved to Germany. My mom's from Germany, um, and my dad was. Um, my dad had met her when he was in the army and then they moved to the States and then he went to university in Germany. So I lived there until I was about six or seven years old and then moved back to Texas. Okay. So you never But really... German was my first language yeah. and I had dual citizenship. <laughs> and the thing is, you were just telling me about how you got into skating, but then for a long time I didn't skate. I'm not going there yet. But when you got back into skating, at least, Not get back into skating because, from what I know, last time I saw you in Barcelona, you were you were talking to me about a video project. But why the big wheels? How did the big wheels came into to the scene? Now it was it's kind of recent, right? Well, for me, I got um, well. There's this guy in Austin, Eric Cruz. Uh, he was kind of first guy here to get the big wheels, and he was doing all these long distance skates. You know, thirty miles, forty miles. 50 mile skates progressing and uh i thought that was pretty cool so i got some uh rollerblade tempest four wheels you know one 10 millimeter skates mm-hmm. and they really hurt my feet and they felt awkward skating those compared to aggressive skates so i really didn't skate them i ended up selling them um and ended up getting some power slide uh air cruiser pros yeah i remember those I, I made the news for power slide When when you first yeah. got to skate, <laughs> yeah, I got those, and they were just so much fun to skate around the city. Um, 
basically we do a Monday night skate every night, uh, every a week in Austin. And it went from just a couple guys to probably half the scene here now either has, you know, dedicated big wheel skates or now a bunch of guys have the Trimax frames or just skating like, you know, GC bigs or something like that. Or yeah, something that you need, if you, if you want to cruise around, you need big wheels. Otherwise, just, it's just... But, uh, the thing the thing about what I really like about the big wheel skating is it's it's uh it's like you know I've done a lot of cycling and stuff like that but it was you know I like riding bikes but it's not that much fun skating was always my first love and and I had that feeling of you know, when you first start skating I had that like when we were riding fixed gears like 10 years ago that that <laughs> new being fun and and yeah, you know discovering uh... just a you're discovering a new sport And with big wheel skating, it's the same feeling again, yet it's in rollerblading again. And never did I think that you would have that feeling twice in your life for one sport. You know, I guess you could compare it to like doing heroin or something, you know, <laughs> where you could never get that, that first high again. But with big wheel blading, you get that first high again. Um, and it's just so much fun, you know. And you have some, you know, just exploring the city and seeing so much more and with everything they've been building there's a, you know it's a different type of skating some guys are you know doing grinds and stuff like that in them you know which is cool but being older now every time i aggressive skate which i still do but i always hurt myself yeah, I know like every time mean. i go out. <laughs> i know exactly and what you mean my shoulder the... like you know, threw my shoulder out like six months ago and it's still not healed and everything just takes so much longer to heal so it's just you know i just enjoy skating um And I think one thing I've noticed with the big wheel movement is a lot of people have embraced it. It's brought a lot of people back into it because they, you know, thought they were too old to do aggressive skating. It's also separated to skaters who actually just love the rollerblade and the ones who just like to grind. Like, you know, a lot of kids won't even try to big wheels because they think it's too much exercise to skate somewhere. Yeah, they don't want to spend. Skating, they don't want to spend money on wheels. They, like, they want to. They want to make that five meters <laughs> into yeah. the ledge and then go back to the same five meters back and then just... So, and you know, another thing is a lot of the guys who've come on the Monday Night Skates, when they actually skate it, they realize how much fun it is and it's not hard. Um, yeah. I think people overthink that it's like exercise. And sure, it is exercise, but if you're a rollerblader, it's rollerblading. Yeah, a lot of rollerbladers don't. Not, I know what you mean. You're not thinking about exercising anymore and you're, you're still doing it, of course. You're doing something that you need, but... Uh-huh. you're having fun while doing it. It was kind of like the same with me when I first moved to Cape Town. I didn't have any big wheel skates. And then the guys around that I used to, that I skate with Hurl and Greg, these two guys from here that I usually skate, they, they mm. both had free skates. So I was like, I had a power blading frame and I used to go with them. And every now and then I would put the power blade frame in. If I wouldn't put the power blade frame, I couldn't really enjoy it. It was just impossible because with small wheels, it just, you couldn't yeah. skate I mean, the same things. Just like, If you need to skate from one spot to the other, it's a mission. So then slowly. But there's no way hell I would do these skates and, you know, like a, like a, especially any rocker setup, but, you know, like even 60, you know, it, it's not as fun. Yeah, I know. I know. What I you just mean. understand I'm not skating on those, but, you know, it's just so much fun when you get the, the right gear. And that's what's nice about those Trimax frames <laughs> is it's cheap. You know, you get the whole setup for like a hundred bucks. Yeah, and I if do. you actually like it, then buy some skates you know but it's a good like way to get people into it but you know what i think there a lot of people i always get the same question are they stiff because they're plastic they i don't know if you've tried them 
but I I, really, I haven't tried them. Yeah, I really enjoyed them. I, they're super stiff, way more than I ever thought. And I was in, really? I was in the emails for, for the the design of that frame since the beginning, and since the beginning was mm -hmm. something that I was a little bit concerned because the frame was going to be a little bit taller than other plastic frames, and I thought it was going to be a little bit more flexible. But it is not. It is like, it's proper stiff. So it's like when you skate, you don't have that feeling of a a plastic frame. So. Yeah, I want to try them. Jerry McBage has got a pair of when he was in town last week, and he loves them. Like, yeah. first day out, we skated 30 miles. He skated 30 miles on them. Um, He's just skating 110 or 100? And the 110s. Yeah. Just flat or rocker? Um, because you can rocker them. Too. That's, that's something that I like about them. You can... I'm pretty sure he skated them flat, but I don't know. He just basically, however they were set up, but he got them. That's <laughs> how he skated them. Something that has nothing to do with this, Jan. How did you got into fixed gears? Because I remember, like, when I first started getting into bikes, out of nowhere, I see this video. Uh, what was it from? It was Death Battle from from Kareem. And then out yeah. of nowhere, you were the one doing the the video premiere or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, we did premiere at our shop. Well, when I was living in San Diego during the Rattail era, and we um. A lot of my friends rode fixed gear. Like, there's a huge fixed gear scene in, sorry, fixed gear scene in San Diego. So uh, I ended up building up the fixed gear conversion and riding with all those guys. And mm -hmm. and we st we actually got we were going to start a fixed gear bike company right when this was starting to come back up. And we got two sample frames made. I still ride one of them now, <laughs> um, not as much as I used to, but um, but yeah, just doing all the tricks like riding backwards. You know, mm -hmm. ride backwards like ten blocks. Like, that's fun, the, you know, I remember spin. that making like going to parking lots and just try to do as many laps on the parking lot as as you could backwards. <laughs> yeah, but that's just a, that's the fun. Thing. It's kind of like the same as we were talking with the big wheel, big wheel thing. It's yeah, just like exactly. discovering like going. Yeah, down. I mean, I was you know every single every single day and night I would ride in San Diego. It's just in parking lots. You know, it was like super super fun. Was there any uh, other rollerbladers doing it too? When I moved back to Austin, uh, I, you know, none of my friends out here rode fixed gear, so I just kind of stopped riding. And where I live is kind of far from this. Man, like one, of, good area. one of the best guys that ever rode a fixed gear bike lives in in Texas. He's like a pro BMX guy. I don't know his uh -huh. name. He's pro for fit, I think, for fit bike. But I don't even I don't know his name. But it's like someone gave him a, a fixed gear bike, and it just basically this guy that never rode a fixed gear bike just rode better than anyone else i think he somehow killed the game <laughs> right there he i was... think i heard about this yeah because the thing with the fixed gear is i mean i know you got into it really are you still riding and uh, not that's not as often as i would want to because the thing is since i moved to south africa it was my way to move around and uh -huh. it would be impossible to get bike parts if i would break something and then at the same time uh -huh. There's some places here that you don't want to be out of a bike. Like I'm not going to say it's dangerous, but if I'm going like through some parts of the city, I don't want to walk with a like just with the bike on my hand. So I don't know. I ended up just going to parks every now and then. And then what? Sorry. I said they won't steal your skates. Nah, not really. I put them in the backpack. I just skate, or you just have them in your feet and you just skate. You know, it's different. You won't get a flat tire. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you do get a lot of flat tires, huh? 
Me, with, your, with your big wheel skates you're always like i'm always oh, really good big wheel skates i i think it's a combination well because i like since i started skating seriously in october i've lost about 30 pounds but i What? skate a lot you, you lost know, just, 30 just, pounds just, yeah 30 pounds and i just hit a like over a thousand miles yesterday i saw that huh? congratulations uh, on that one thank you and uh but i think with a combination of maybe the weight or something I've been just cracking cores like on every wheel I've skated so bad. Like every like twenty cracks in the core and every single spokes cracked and and the urethane lasts pretty good. Like you know, they might last a long time. <laughs> except for me, like breaking the cores, so But do you, I like, really is there a wheel that you break the most, like the back wheel or the front wheel or No, all three all all three of them. Really? All of them. Every single wheel. It's like not there's no difference in which ones uh the back the only thing is the back wheel on the last wheels I had was almost decoring. <laughs> so that was the first wheel I've had almost decor. Yeah, but, you, you were just telling me that you rode four times with the with the dusted ones and they didn't, huh? <laughs> yeah, the dust ones look they look pretty good and they've been wearing nicely. Yeah, you were telling me no you, you were saying something the other day. I don't know what they did differently with those. I think it's the same basically. Probably it's just um because the The plastic didn't get anything to to change the color and probably make, made it stronger. I don't know if that's the thing. I think, you know, the problem with these wheels is, I mean, it would be nicer if the core was a little thicker because it's just like a such a thin piece of plastic. Yeah, I think it's, it's the same like, core used like for so some metal thin. wheels. Um, like the, the, the wheels on the, the power side battery cruisers, I've skated the shit out of those and they didn't crack at all, those cores, so... That's the only wheels I've had on. They're pretty dead now after Europe, so I need to get a new set of wheels. I haven't really skated them because my wheels are so just... So there's a wheel that you need to check then. There's this wheel. I think it's called the in Infinity. Infinity? Think, yeah, the Parslide Infinity. And I think they even have the uh -huh. Infinity R. And the Infinity... Is that the 125? Yeah, they have, one, they have 125 and 110. They have the whole line. And from what okay. I know, it's, it's the same core. I don't want to say anything wrong, but I think it's the same core. And then the urethane is better. And then the oh, nice. the Infinity R also has the that the rubber band on the inside the um, the bouncing band like like the, uh -huh. the best matter wheels. I don't know. Yeah, if the you urethane know. was I'd say it wasn't the best Nosebagger Cruiser Pros, but the, the core seems to be good. Yeah, so um, it should be the same. If I'm not wrong, it's the same core with a better urethane, and then there's also a well, better okay. version um, with a with an insert on the inside with a, a bouncing insert, which makes the wheel a lot more bouncier, which is faster, right? Uh, um, I want to go back to the the big wheel blading website. Mm -hmm. uh, I just want to say that the the website's going to have um, I'm going to do a bunch of you know interviews with skaters on there from the different disciplines I mentioned about. It's also going to have uh, you know product reviews, um, shop listings. It's going to have some how tos for different things. Um, That's cool. Are you gonna you gonna make those video. videos or how you want to do it? Yeah, some yeah, it has some tutorial videos. Um, basically, I'm trying to get different people, as many people to help, because you know, obviously, it's gonna take a lot of time and of course, uh, you know, it's rolling. You don't make any money, so yeah. for now, <laughs> you know, for it's, now, it's for fun. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's for fun. So, uh, I just there's nothing for big wheel skating besides some face 
like not even Facebook groups. I started a Facebook group for it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what a month ago. It already has twenty five hundred people on it, yeah, which is pretty cool. It's growing like crazy. I know. And I know. then, and then I started an Instagram page for it, um, and uh, for the website, I'm having um, right now. It's just a really terrible splash page on there, but uh, mm-hmm. Chris Peel is going to be helping me with the the branding of it. Right, so um, doing in contact with him. Huh? Yeah, yeah, we still talk, and uh, he's. You're doing very well, um, but he showed interest in you know helping me with that, so that should be pretty cool. Um, you know, Chris, we had so much history with that stuff in the past with Rattel and everything. Um, also, want to do uh, some you know different cities, like scene reports on different scenes with the Big Wheel community. You know, mm-hmm. different groups like you know we are our night skates here, like just you know some, talk about things like that and. Um, I know a lot of guys have been doing some long distance skating, you know, talk, you know, have them yeah, talk sh- about sharing their experiences and stuff like that so that yeah, more people get into it. Just informative and, and kind of a one shop, one stop shop type of thing, even though it's not a store, but you know, um, I think it's pretty cool and no one's done anything yet with the big wheel stuff. I know it's like, it's growing really fast. And I think with the Facebook page, I mean, since I went to Europe, Uh, we probably got like 15 to 20 people to buy either like off-road skates or uh, big wheel blades or like Trimax frames since we went to Europe. And there's probably like, you know, 50 people have bought stuff just based on that Facebook page so far, if not more. And is there any, know, sh- is there any shop in, in Texas or to just get it? Uh, there's, no, there's, um, there's not really any dedicated inline shops in Texas, which, you know, it's a huge state. There's a roller skate shop in Houston. That started carrying some aggressive inline uh, products, cool. but that, that's, I've never been. That's cool. It's like we—I don't know if you know about it, but like we with PowerSlide, they have the roller skate brand called Kaya, and I know now, now there will be this skate called the Karma Skate, which is like a, a skate park skate, and I'm pretty sure through that skate, a lot more shops in the U.S. will start carrying aggressive skates or other type of inline skates because people. Will will ask for that skate, and then they're gonna need to have power slide products if they want to sell that skate. But right, and then in the end, if that skate gets there, you know, like someone asks for a for a three wheel skate or for an aggressive skate, and that's like, I don't know. Matthias from Power Slide has been saying for for a while that all these roller skating hype will help inline skating a lot too, because it is what it I is. I agree. Uh, that roller skate shop in houston i did a contest at the houston skate park last year and they made it a roller skate and uh, i've um, seen that one indy wanted i've seen that one that was, um like, however some of these girls did like compete in both roller skating and rollerblading uh which was cool <laughs> i think uh you know watching them skate at the there's a, there's so many girls that skate bowl here probably hundreds in austin and but very few of them are really good and it looks like they'd have a lot more fun if they're on roll bids because it looks pretty taxing doing some of the things they do yeah it's just, um th- i think you know I mean, some of it's cool for but... some reason inline skates came after the roller skates i'm not i love roller skates i love skating them and i truly believe that i seriously believe that roller skates can be faster in some surfaces than the roll than the inline skates but at uh, the same time for some reason the inline skates came after it's kind of like an evolution of it so i think it, right. it all has its space or 
everyone can can choose what they like the most but in the end for some reason inline skates were came after so i think that will make a difference so yeah if if, if shops start selling roller skates i truly believe that inline skates will come with it hopefully which is good for all of us for yeah, me like, I, man, I just love all kinds of skates so it's just nothing. i mean we have you know there's roller skate shops in austin that don't carry inline not yet uh, <laughs> but they should because there's a lot of like i mean just skating the trails like i mean austin's got a huge you know aggressive scene and the skating rinks here like they have so many rollerbladers and then the trails have rollerbladers and there's a bunch of you know speed skaters and there's a lot of rollerbladers in austin yeah, but there's no maybe maybe it needs to start with the skaters like because every time that someone needs a pair of skates probably they go online and they buy it from from the same the same shop the whole time probably they need to start going yeah, to the shops the and ask them can you get these skates you... <laughs> what sorry sorry i didn't uh, know so it has to after time people order skates online they have to send them back because they don't fit right yeah that's which is you know that's the worst thing like when we were in barcelona when i was there with jared he was so excited because you could try on every skate finally you know to see what size you would need i know exactly um, what that is with the with the little i have a little a really tiny shop here but it's the same like every now and then there's this website called gumtree which is kind of like the the ebay thing here in south africa and every now and then some i have my all my products there and every now and then i sell a pair of skates there and then people just like oh it's not my size or whatever when they go to the shop it's always the best they try them they, they have it's a completely different experience and if the person that works at the shop knows what they're saying and they know what they're doing it's completely different it's just so random when yeah, you go plus- you know when you go to one of those one of those sports shops and someone is trying to sell you a skate and they tell you to buy two sizes up it's just I don't get it, but it's it's been going for more than ten or fifteen years, huh? It's just yeah. I think the biggest problem is that even within the same brands, different models fit different. Yeah, of course. Still, but you know, so but but that's normal. You used to see one size skate, and then you order a different one; it's completely different. I mean, sure, it's a common problem with shoes and everything like that. Yeah, man, it's different molds. It's different factories. It's you know it. You know it. By the way, we're talking about skates. I need to ask you something. <laughs> that was supposed to be one of the first questions. I'm not going to ask a lot more about this, but when the first name skate came out, you guys said that there was a DIY groove. Was that made on purpose? or was... No, no, that was, uh, that was a mistake that Shima had made. And somehow, I don't know how, but it happened and it wasn't supposed to. Uh, and me and John Elliott basically made this huge market campaign that it was supposed to be that way. And people ate it up <laughs> and they believed and they believed it. And I think that was probably one of the greatest marketing campaigns in the history of rollerblading. <laughs> the the pros, you know, do edits on making your own groove. No, dude, it was supposed to have a groove. No groove. Just stupid, you know. <laughs> like, but we had to salvage all that money we put into it. How, how many first, skates did you make without a groove? Well, the whole first run of skates. So I don't remember how many, probably like 600 pairs. <laughs> and and I remember at, at that winter clash, that first winter clash when we got the skates, um, the um, Swank distribution booth, mm-hmm. they had demos in every size. And we had to sit there the day before with the Dremel tools, tools and make grooves. And that plastic <laughs> was so hard. 
it was so hard. It took so long to grow yeah, all but, these. But, but they were good. Like, I remember they used to, to last so long. Those soul plates, they were heavy too, huh? They were super heavy. Yeah. But at the same time. I mean, you know, I mean, it was, you know, people loved, people loved it. But, <laughs> but I mean, if we didn't, I mean, if we didn't do that, if you know, me and John didn't make people love it, <laughs> they would have hated it. Like, so that, that was just... pretty, pretty proud of that spoon up. <laughs> and what, another question that I always had, man, what was Vicious supposed to be? I know, like, you guys had liners, you had bearings, but what you had clothing too. What was Vicious supposed to be? Do you want it to be like a, a general blading brand, or what do you want it to be? Well, Vicious, Vicious was it's just supposed to be a bearing company. You know, that was a concept of Vicious, a bearing company first, and it, you know, it was a bearing company, but it was the most popular brand we had. Um, we sold thousands, like just like the vicious backyard shirt. We sold thousands and thousands of them and, mm-hmm. and bearings like, so, you know, I wanted the concept of it was to make it also like a fashion brand, um, which didn't really with, when we started NIM, it just sucked the money out of everything. Okay. And, basically had to you know stop with all these plans with other companies which was a mistake because it kind of killed you know vicious and four by four um but we had you know we made you know we did liners we did the wallets and the belts we had some belts we had a bunch of jackets and stuff that never got produced um in europe they had different bags and they did shoes somewhere I remember vicious the ground shoes, control I never, shoes i remember the ground i never saw the vicious ones i saw the yeah ground. they did a vicious shoe too um, but you know, I think if vicious would have been on its own as a company, it'd probably still be around, you know, uh, think well, would, I mean, would it's it be profitable. Do you think it would be profitable? Vicious was the only profitable brand out of, In well, the, maybe four by four, four, but, by, four, by know, four. Vicious, it seems like, I don't vicious know. Was I always the, had the idea vicious that was the most prof, vicious was the most profitable brand out of just three brands. Man, I have to tell you, like, there was this time when I first started working with PowerSlide, like, like a, a long time ago. Bef- like, then I stopped working PowerSlide. Now I'm working with PowerSlide again. But before, when I first started doing, like, brand management and whatever for, for undercover wheels, I still had my favorite shirt. It was, like, a 4x4 shirt, the one with, with Shima, the, the cleaning up the industry. Yeah. I bought it from you. And, like... I love that shirt. Who made that? Who, ma- who used to make those all those draws? No, I made that. Shirt. Sorry. I made Chris. I, I did. I did that shirt. The cleaning up industry. That was my shirt. But um, Chris Peel was a major part of, like Vicious. You know, getting all the branding done with that, with the Cobra head and the Medusa and the the, the backyard logo. You know, the Vicious logo word. Um, he also did the you know four by four logo. And some of the original 4x4 shirts, or probably the first three or four runs of 4x4 shirts were mainly Chris Peel and me. Um, and then, you know, we got Jeremy, Jeremy Baytal was yeah, doing... I remember that. I remember... Yeah, I, also, probably, I also... He probably did 100 different shirt graphics, because we would do every run of... We would do a run every four months. We would do five wheels every four months and 14 shirts every four months. And... Uh, like three of the shirts would get a print in a bunch, but like nine of the shirts would only be limited edition to 72 shirts. That's it ever. So 
there's so many rare four four shirts out there that we only made seventy two of. Um, was it being but, sold a lot like outside of skating? Do you think it was it being sold it, outside outside of, of skating? Yeah, I I mean I doubt it. Maybe, but we weren't selling it outside of skating. I mean, people outside of skating love the shirts. You know, any place I time I went to a coffee shop or anywhere, people would ask about the shirts. But as far as brand, it could have done well outside of skating. But, do, do, do you think you know, it, it was like point, a always like a big problem? I don't know if it's if we can call it a problem with skating, but it's like somehow we always tend to to be super core, if you want to call it, and and not go to any other markets. But the truth is, if there's not like enough people, you you end up not making like a a profitable brand. Yeah, I mean, and they end the up dying. The well, the companies who who did go outside of rollerblading. Yeah, they all succeed, man. You look at Yukon or Artism, all like at least just these two examples. Yeah, I know, but they went out rollerblading and then they just got out of rollerblading and they continued their brands. Yeah, I know. I'm you not. Know? Yeah, I know what you mean. They lost, like they lost their core. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like it's all. It's, it seems like it's been all or nothing with that. Um, you yeah, know, it's not really it gets to the time that you're not cool anymore, and then you stop selling if you don't abandon rollerblading. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, basically. That's kind of weird. Let me just give me a second here. I'm still an amateur, like you said. So, <laughs> <laughs> ah, the last time, well, like when I saw you in Barcelona, like two years ago, three, no, three years ago, three years, three years yeah. ago, you told me that you were starting, like, a, you just got a camera and you started like a new video project. Yeah, What's I'm still. Uh, I'm pretty much towards the end of filming for it. It's been like three years of filming. Okay. Just because it's been really, you know, like working and filming. Yeah, you know, out here I can really go film on the weekends. I did a lot of filming trips, and it would either rain or I couldn't get people to come out really. So um, that was kind of unsuccessful. It's been a little bit harder, you know, not doing a video for so many years. Yeah, I it's can like imagine that. A lot of the kids, you know that are new and upcoming have no idea who I am and could care less about filming with an old guy. Uh, <laughs> Man, you made, like the best, one of the best days in my life was the day that I filmed the negative essay with you that was in, in oh, the, yeah. Leading the Blind. That was sick. Yeah, in San Diego. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, a lot of these, you know, there's all these guys I want to film with, but they, they just don't, don't care yeah. or whatever. Yeah, but the thing know, is like... They don't know. Um, so, I'm, I kind of want to, like... I've been filming with Andrew Broom for three years, and he's got a killer section. Um, several other guys, but I'm also going to try to, like, I'm working on teasers now. I'm going to hit up some people that were in my old videos to just see if they want to, you know, be part of it. You know, send a clip or two. That would help. Um, you, that will help the video to be more viewed too, huh? The interest, you know, because like- it's basically the original idea was going to be the 20th anniversary of the first video I made. Now it's more like the 22nd anniversary for the first video I made. <laughs> Do uh, you? That's, but that's... you know, last video I, I, I filmed and edited on was the Nim video, um, which has been fuck I don't know like six years or something, yeah, and good. and uh, so you know I want to basically make this video inclusive of as many guys I filmed with, um, and some guys that I want to you know younger guys that I want to have in it. Um, it's just you know going out and filming with them. It's just it's just so hard. You know, 
Who's your uh, favorite skater right now? Who who would you want to film a part with if you're not filming already? Um, if I were to film a part with somebody, um, I like Dominic Bruce. Yeah. I'm pretty um, sure he would be keen. Have you spoke with him? That could be a good you, one. That, you, uh, Eugen, Eunin, whatever. I don't even know how to say his name. Yeah, Eugen Eunin. I've never even met him, so... Ah, you, ah, uh, you didn't met him this year at the Winter Clash? No, he's awesome, though. Yeah, he's he's, so he good. has a new section dropping, like, I think, I don't know if it's, like, next week or no, in two weeks, something yeah, like I that. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be good. And uh, we're Besky. He's always awesome to watch. Um, and then, like, yo, know, uh, and Joe Atkinson. I would love to go film with him. Um, he was in, in, uh, we saw him in, um, Athens. He was only there for a day and I was going to go meet up with him in London, but we never made it there. But that kid's so good. Yeah. He's just good at everything. Super nice. Huh? He's like, um, and there's a bunch, there's a bunch of other guys. I can't even think of their names right now. because I'm. And if you brain. had to, did you ever thought about making anything with big wheels, like a video project? Wait, hold on. Hold on a second. There's an airplane flying by. I'm out. I'm in the backyard right now. That's yeah, all good. Okay, what was your question? Big wheels, video. Any... Big wheels, video. Yes, I think that would be cool. Uh, I was talking to Jared about it, about because on this Europe trip we just did, we got some people to skate street. We got a lot of people to go big wheel skate, <laughs> like a lot more than i wanted to go street skate but, but there's so and much more to explore than just like skating streets or like what people is doing more like that free skating thing i'm including myself yeah. i'm doing that too and filming that style of skating but there's so well, much like more if trip. we look if we look if we look at cycling the type of stuff that they do man just crazy like for, we have all those things right now we have all those tools we can go off-road skating we can just go for yeah. distance we Why, can... the off-road skating thing first of all i just ordered some of the uh SUV frames, the 125 frames. Mm -hmm. uh, I got some guy was selling them online, so I'm excited to get those in. I really want to get those K's 150s. Like yeah. that's my dream skate. I want to get those. Also want to get those. Speaking of, which is not related, those uh, those power slide, the three wheel speed uh, distance skates. Yeah, the, the marathon ones. The yeah. I want those so bad. Yeah, uh, awesome. I, I have the the old ones, the ones without the Trinity, the one ninety five. Yeah, mount. I think that would be so much fun to skate on my like fifty mile skates than skating these those mega cruisers, those flying eagles I have. Like, Man, you you haven't tried a uh, Trinity, right? Have you? No, I haven't tried it. it I heard it's, it. Seriously, yeah, it makes a difference. Using. Man, the thing like those two screws in front, which means that you have a wider piece of frame touching the boot makes a huge difference the main thing is like i've never I haven't seen one in person yet so really it's just man yeah. w when you push it's just all every little movement that you do with your foot goes like way more direct direct to your foot basically when you push you you, you push stronger and at the same time because it's a wider base in front creates a triangle under your foot and i think that's why it's called trinity and Instead of having just a line, you have that triangle, which means that you have a lot less vibration. The vibration is spread through that triangle and not just in the line. So it really makes a difference. Huh? And then it's a little bit lower. I don't really feel that much lower, but it's a little bit lower. Yeah, yeah I've, so I've heard I've heard it's just miles better feeling. Yeah, it, it is. But then, especially for doing like distance skating. Yeah, that, that's, when you, that's when you feel the difference, when you need to, to push like, you want to push less times and every time you push like you want to push it 
stronger but, yeah, for double push like video, every, uh, if you want to do double push it's like completely different especially with 125 right, yeah, wheels uh-huh. yeah i've been doing most of my distance on 110s which yeah it's is a struggle yeah it's cool but it's not the same and also the 125s wheels some of them are like stronger than the 110s huh i don't know yeah i think so but you know i mean my the i've only skated the 125s and the power side mega cruisers and I like those skates, um, but like I said, the wheels—I need new wheels, and I've been too broke to buy new ones. There's the, yeah. Uh, the thing uh, is, like, if if you're not going to do gaps or like any type of free skating, if you're just going to going for the distance, if you can try those matter one twenty fives, they're like something that it's hard to to explain. It's like they're seriously a million times faster. It's just weird because I don't know if. I think it's because the core is way bigger, which means there's a lot less urethane. But so, those are ones with a solid core. Yes, but but it, they still break. If you're gonna make like torsions and stuff, it's they can break. So yeah. not, maybe not the same way as you're breaking your 110 wheels, and I don't think they're gonna uh-huh. break the core the same way. But I'm not sure. I do not know about it. But I I do know that they're way faster because the wheel is. I'm just... pretty sure everyone should just send me their wheels because I'm a good wheel tester. <laughs> <laughs> I, love them, not. <laughs> I need I need to tell Scott, the guy at Parslide that makes all that he's the one developing the wheels that you should be the ultimate tester because if you're breaking course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let him know that because every single wheel I have is broken pretty sweetly. <laughs> one, and I just got like I'm like Do you know do you know anything about bearings? Like or you just when you started Do I know anything about bearings? I know I got the wicked Abex seven bearings on my k2 100 frames they're pretty nice yeah but but it's not I, really like, I was going to, i was asking you that because like there's so much stuff around. i don't i don't know enough about bearings and like i don't all i know is is that you know it's all about the components in the bearings because you can have them all you know a back whatever yeah that doesn't but, really matter you can have a back ones and be better than ABEC, a- you know, three and a back nine are like not really different but once you start getting better components within the bearings like better metals and things like that is when you notice a difference man a back is just uh, like calling a car gti you can have a yeah. mercedes gti or a polo gt or a golf gti and then you can right. have like the cheapest crap gti it's just just a name so it's not really yeah it doesn't really make a difference you know and i've never i've never uh spent money on like you know swiss bearings or anything like that and you know i know people say they're amazing so i'm sure they are but but, but it also depends I've, on I've the, really the swiss bearings right it's just huh? it also depends on the swiss bearings i don't get it because some yeah, I don't brands really know anything. all i know is i've been also breaking bearings as probably more than i've been breaking wheels or you know just uh and actually it was funny and we were skating in Barcelona. I like ruined my bearings. I went to buy some new ones at the Roax shop. And on the way back, it was raining and I f- ruined the new bearings. Oh my God. <laughs> I thought I spot like an hour earlier. <laughs> <laughs> you should have bought the, the, the rust proof ones. There's rust proof bearings now. Dude, I only found out about those recently. Yeah, that should um, be. I think those, those are cool. Like bearings. if you live in a place with snow and stuff like that, I think that's the way to go. Yeah, we have we did. But there was one skate we did here. There was a lot of flooding on the trail, and I was skating through, like where the bearings were underwater. And about it was like a thirty-eight mile skate, and the 
last five miles, the bearings weren't even moving anymore. <laughs> it was, it was, like, it was terrible. And I tried to like clean them, and like, and, and they were completely locked. They wouldn't even spin at all. Man, I, um, the other day, me and this guy Greg from from Cape Town, we went to skate, and then like we were just trying to film. I was going down some stairs, and he was just going in the grass with a gimbal, and he was trying to film it like film me but rolling in the grass but there was the sand or like i don't even know how to call it like the dirt that was in that grass which is like so i don't know like so small that everything was going to the bearing so in the end we did it like four or five times in the end his bearings weren't weren't rolling anymore and they're like completely they yeah com- that happened to me recently getting a bunch of fine sand in my bearings um i do want to do if uh like the website takes off and stuff, you know, do like a traveling video and film big wheel people in different, you know, disciplines and stuff around the world. I think it would be fun. That'd be cool. Like, like I said, like we, we have so much to learn with all these guys that do like bike videos. There's so much stuff being done and the, the whole thing can be like a really easy and nice way to promote skating. Now I have yeah. one more thing for you. Why do you think it's called like roll? Why do you think people call it rollerblading and and not inland skating? You call it rollerblading. Uh, well, I call it inland skating. I call it rollerblading because rollerblading is easier to say. A because it's one word instead of two. <laughs> it's like there's no pause between. Okay. Why so, not skating? That's one. Um, skating. It's called... I mean, I call it skating too. Uh, rollerblading. It's just always called rollerblading since the beginning. You know, I, I know rollerblades a brand. But you know that's what we always called it. So yeah, but I, I noticed but, that it's it's it goes from place to place. You know that's why I'm I'm asking you this. Like I know like Americans they always call it rollerblading. That's it. But then in other places people call it inland skating. And then you go to Spain, it's patines, and I think that's one of the biggest reasons why skating is what it is right now. It's a digital era, and if everyone is using a different name, <laughs> we're not helping. The sport uh, you know, to also, be fine in Google. <laughs> anyone you talk to outside of inline skating or whatever, when when you say you inline skate, they have no idea what you're talking about. They, everybody knows what rollerblading is in the world or you're in, the, in the U.S. They associate roll. You know, outside people who don't skate know rollerblading is rollerblading. When they when they hear inline skating, they're like, in, "What's that?" You know. So that's another reason I use it all the time because when I'm talking to random people, they don't know what in, like. They know it is rollerblading too. Yeah, that's fair. Fair enough. Still doesn't work for me. <laughs> I was just, I was just telling at the at the winter crash. I was having this conversation with Jared, and I was telling him why I don't call it rollerblading anymore. Like, not even. Yeah, I try every now and then. I'll say blading or something like that, but I try to call it as many times as I can skating because. I really think that's what it is, but in the end, like I like I had like a little problem by selling in that thing that I to- in that website that I told you, kind of like the the eBay here. It's called Gumtree, and I had yeah. some, I had some products, some power slide skates, and then the power slide skates. In the end, one of the tags was rollerblades because that's how people call it here, or how they used to call mm-hmm. it, and I've been trying to change it, which is slowly. Slowly getting there, people are starting to call it skating and realizing that skating is what we do. And if you have like a wooden thing, that's skateboarding. So, right, somehow getting there. Another question, Jan. So, like, 
how do you see so for you like videos were always like about taking time to do it and going into detail and stuff like that but like nowadays everyone is going more into like the I don't even know how you call it kind of like those how you call those cameras that disposables the ones that you you buy take pictures and throw away is that how you call yeah, it disposable. yeah so it's, yes video right now it's been a lot more like that right like even myself well, like I, mean, I, the, I almost make a video per day what what's your so the vod thing and everything is like you know it killed the video maker or whatever because people put out sections they don't put out videos i mean i think that people should get together with their sections and make a video a collective or something you've all those videos that come out you know how many videos i've seen online or they're really good or sections and you can never find them again like they're totally lost in the internet um i think it's flooded they lot they lose their meaning when there's so many of them um and then the whole like some people give it away for free some people charge a lot some people charge a little like there's no standard uh for it you know i don't know kind of uh i think the whole like you know full video thing is it's a victim of the internet yeah but there's two things with that the first is what music would you use if you would make a video right now i think it's weird like i i see like a like even the um, the joe the joe atkinson the song that he used have you seen it it's amazing the joe atkinson in in australia yeah i saw that yeah the music that he used he would never be able to use it on youtube or on vimeo or vimeo or anything like that do you think people uh, will ever have problems with it in? are you talking about with the, the, the removing the music yeah i don't even know it would like because there somehow what's happening is like if you don't have the copyrights for that music you're se you're selling right. something you're making money out of something without having the copyrights for the music which i'm not just saying it's the, joe it's been happening selfie. with everyone huh it's it's been happening well, on the selfie st stuff you can get away with that right yeah I th that might be one of the reasons why people is also doing it and then um i mean the whole like like oh watching some of the old edits i have on the internet <laughs> and like then what seeing that they replaced the song with like some something really shitty yeah but it's the only way for you to even be able to see it because otherwise it'd be mute i'm not saying it's right no, no, you know, it's, just, it's just funny like because they replace songs like oh they do songs. like youtube you replace know, some of those edits they replace the songs no way <laughs> and and it's not the same song anymore it's weird uh <laughs> i haven't had the problem like i know a lot of people have been kicked off vimeo for music rights uh i haven't had that problem yet so maybe i used more obscure shit or something yeah i, But I, I told you the other day like when i saw you at the winter clash i saw like i'm still trying to find the song that you had on myspace i don't know what that was but it was amazing man what a song on myspace yes when you had your myspace it was yeah it was playing like i don't even know like when you would get to the page and would start playing automatically it was just like on autoplay and i used to oh, go man. I, i remember that i have no idea what the song was so. it, it was so sick i remember i used to go and never find out because it was like not the shazam era there was no way for us to find out what that was right so <laughs> maybe i still have my space page maybe it's still there <laughs> now i was looking for that before this interview <laughs> yeah i have no idea what song that would have been But I remember you now. You mentioned you could do that. Yeah, just that was a long time ago. 
I remember it was like 2003, 2002, something like that. A long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> like 16 years ago, dude. <laughs> I know, it's like, we got older. <laughs> We're still skate. Yeah. We're still doing the same. Yeah. So, when, when was it that you came to San Diego the first time? Uh, 2001 or 2002. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's because I was still working at Daily Bread. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. What day. about Daily Bread? What do you think it happened in there? What do I what do I think happened? I know what happened. Anyway, getting getting back getting back to the legal stuff, to the stuff that we can talk about. What happened with Scum Mag? Scum Magazine? Hap- yeah. uh, what happened with Scum Magazine? Yeah. Is I was doing Scum Magazine um and I won a, I won South by Southwest the uh Interactive Festival for Best Sports Website in 1999. Mm-hmm. And uh, Angie Walton wanted me to come work for Daily Bread. Um, and I told her that I would, but I still wanted to do Scum Magazine on the side. But well, wait, I but for, for, those, for the young kids that don't even know who you are, but tell them, like, what did you used to do at Daily Bread? At Daily Bread, um, I did, uh, well, I made uh, two of their videos, uh, Daily Bread for Quattro uh, and Daily Bread 5, um, No One's Children. Um, I did magazine layout. I did interviews. I did a lot of the travel stories, like would go travel and do the travel stories. Like when we went to New York and kind of was the first exposure of like uh, Dustin Howard and Mike Johnson and Franco Camayo. Like I picked all those guys, mm-hmm. you know, for the issue and did interviews with them. Um, I did some of the website work. Um And so when I moved there, uh, Angie didn't want me to do the Scum Magazine anymore, which she told me after I moved there. Did she so thought I it was like competition it. for Daily Bread? Yeah, or so um, I probably would have been better off not working Daily Bread and just keep doing Scum Magazine because it probably would have turned into a real magazine. Um, mm. Anyway, it is what it is. It's, yeah, it but, is what it is. But the truth but is, like, kind of, you made the first profile of Carlos Pianowski, so <laughs> that, yeah. that made it. That was... That's true. Who There's else? a lot of... Uh, I mean, I think... Uh, did you ever see Last Call? Like, with that first Albert Huey section? Yes, I did. I, I, was, I was watching that the other day. I'm like, oh, he's like 14 years old. And then Albert, like, <laughs> he's like... He, he was like... He still is, but back then, he used to skate, like, so straight and spin mm-hmm. so fast. It was just like... Yeah. It was, like, way too ahead of his time. Like, the way he... How fast he moved I mean, his I was, feet. You know, watching those clips from that Lausanne contest in, I don't know what year it was, 98 or whatever. Which, who won in that one? I have no idea. Not not at the contest, but the clips we filmed. Basically, I was at that contest, and I met like Albert and Barno, and we hung out, and I filmed a bunch of clips with those guys, and got a lot of clips with Albert throughout Lausanne, because there's so much stuff to skate there. Mm-hmm. I, I was doing like a seven month trip in Europe filming for last call. And, uh, I just, so after that, we decided I was going to go to Dublin and finish the section because he had got so much in Lausanne. So I ended up going to Dublin and staying with those guys out there and finishing that Albert Huey section. Amazing. But that was a pretty cool trip. because I was, I went to probably like 17 countries, like 50 cities and went to that. That was a year they had a, so many ASA contests all over Europe. You know, it's funny. I went to ISPA that year. 
and there was this this monster skateboard magazine uh remember that magazine inline from germany yes of course i do you ever see it okay they had in the they also had a magazine called monster skateboard magazine in the publication house and they had like a fingerboard skate park <laughs> at the booth and i got a, a full page photo of doing a fingerboarding trick in monster skateboard magazine oh my god <laughs> and a half page photo of doing a fingerboarding trick in, in this magazine blonde which is like a german lifestyle magazine <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty funny yeah but like esports change that's man. the only published photos of me skating yeah <laughs> <laughs> and <it's> a fingerboard <laughs> <laughs> but, and like when was the last time that you went to ispo was that the one? That was the only time. I've been, that's the only time I've ever been to Ispo. Man, that changed so much. But like, at least we still have it. Like you guys, you don't have the ASR anymore, right? Now there's. I these... mean, they still have ASR, but they stopped. People now they have stopped the agenda, going right? Two thousand, two thousand four or something like that. Um, there's two ASRs. There's one in Long Beach and there's one in San Diego. Okay. Um, but yeah, no one. They quit. I mean, most of the companies stopped going, building in like 2004, I'd say. And um, but the skateboarding companies still go there. I know that the skateboard. Yeah, most other, of them they go the to other, that agenda. Is it? Is that the same? Action sports retailer. So, you know, ASR stands for action sports retailer. So it's just all action sports. Okay. Except for it's probably like overrun by scooters and all that shit now. You know. Yeah, but even scooters are somehow not selling that much. I at least I don't know. Maybe that's the way I see it. At least that's what what I saw this year at Ispo because the last... I have no idea. I know Austin has certain skate parks, have some scooter kids, but it's not like other cities. We went to... I was in Denver last year. We were filming at the school. We had like, I don't know, 17 rollerbladers there, which is you know, a pretty big session at the school. And and uh, and all of a sudden, like a couple of scooters come around the corner, a couple more, a couple more. Next thing you know, there's like 120... Like twelve to sixteen year old kids on scooters that ran us out of the skate spot. Like, and, and we had set up all these things like doors and and plywood to set up, since, and they like took over all the shit we built and ran us out. <laughs> yeah, but, that, but that's something like I was talking. So my shop is inside a skate park, and today I was talking to the guy at the coffee shop at the skate park about it. Like a lot of times, older guys like us when we go to the park which for me is every day because I'm there every day. We skate and like when some kid does something wrong, we just look down and then we wait for the second one and we look down and at the third one, we get mad at the kid. Uh, I, I'm not saying that that's what I do or that's, but that's something that I see happening a lot. And mo the thing is, man, who's going to teach those kids? It needs to be us. It, like it doesn't matter if they're on BMXs or inline skates or skateboards or scooters. Someone needs to teach them because, like, their parents don't know. So they go to the park. They just stop in the middle of, of the ramp. But if no one tells them, like, if, if we just get mad at them, we're not telling them what they're doing wrong. And they just yeah. get well, even we don't more really, lost. I don't think they really get in our – I wouldn't say they get in our way. It's here. I mean, there's not that many of them. So I don't really have that experience with them. It's not like, uh, you know – I, the whole thing, it's like if you're skating a mini ramp at a skate park, and it doesn't matter what's if it's a skateboarder, rollerblader, or scooter kid. If they're young, you know, that's when they kind of just, you know, snake you or yeah, but, stand but, the but that's that we need to talk, you know, like a lot of times yeah, you get mad. So that's when, like, that's. No, I mean, I, I don't, I've never got mad at a kid ever. 
I got mad at adults. Yeah, I do <laughs> like get mad at parents. I used to get mad at parents in Portugal. And that's I feel stupid for some of the stuff that I've done. But the truth is, like, man, I've seen it a lot happening, especially in Portugal. That's like, parents at the skate park, but... Parents go like parents going to with kids to the park. They put their helmet in their kid, and then they turn around and let the kids do whatever they want. Which is like, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, when I when I when we had a skate indoor skate park here when I was manager back in the nineties, it was basically all the skate park was was cheap daycare because the parents would drop their kids off because it was like ten dollars for the day to skate there, and then they would pick them up when they got off work. You know, like. <laughs> That's all it was. It was just daycare, like a cheap version of daycare for them. Yeah, it still happened. Like it still happens in, <laughs> so in South Africa. Like, do you know that kid, uh, that BMX or Chase Hawk? Yes. Like he was the kid at the. He was like the little kid at the skate park that I was basically like his babysitter for three years. Man, he's amazing. And he's like the sickest BMXer. He he's always we go to the skate park. Uh, every Monday for the past five years, we've been going to House Park Skate Park in Austin. But, but uh, he used to do race, racing too, huh? wasn't he a race BMX? Yeah, he was. He did racing. He used to. He used to go to skate park. He had this little elf, like a mini elf, mm-hmm. uh, racing bike, like cruiser, and that's what he used to ride on at first before he got like a like a real BMX, like you know, street bike. Man, but uh, you have a lot of pro BMXers in there, don't you? Oh, Austin's the biggest. Yeah, you had like that Tommy uh, Dung- had, Tommy Dungan, like, oh man. Yeah, uh, Sean Burns um, yeah, lives Sean- here. Sean Burns is awesome. Like oh, he watches all he watches all the rollerblading videos I send him, Man, and we best. trade spots. We trade spots all the time. Like he'll watch a section and be like, "Where's that spot?" And I'll watch his stuff, and he'll give me his spots. Man, like he's his cool. section. What was the name of that section? Um, the one that he jumps in the graveyard over the the row. Like, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't. I don't know the name of the sections. Uh, um, I used to see it amazing. so many times. Yeah, I know. Like he's... that new Bone Death video that came out went to premiere for that. It's super good and. There's that uh, guy from Spain that used to live here, Ruben Alcantara. Yeah, I know. Polio. I know that Ruben guy, Alcantara. That yeah. guy is super sick. He was always super cool. And we had, you know, back in the day, it was like Taj Mahalich and Joe Rich. Yeah, like we terrible original, one. The terrible one crew, right? All the original guys. Um, and and, uh, and most of those guys are pretty down with blading, too, which was cool. Yeah, but that, um, I don't know. Like, I, I don't get where the hate comes from, like with some of the people nowadays. I really don't understand it. Is I it... think uh, what is not, not nearly as much hate now than it used to be in the 2000s. You know, I, I noticed like, you know, late, like in the late 2000s, San Diego, or early 2000s, like if you say he rollbated, people were like, oh, really? That's gay. Or they would change their whole like view of you. But then it got to the point where like, you're like, oh, I rollbated. And they're like, oh, that's cool. Or like I used to do that when I was you know young. And I haven't had anybody hate on blading. Like the last person I hated on blading, uh, was this guy at the skate park. Uh, this dude, there was all these. There's an army base by here called Fort Hood, and there were some rollerbladers from New York station there. And one of the rollerbladers just beat the shit out of him at the skate park. That skateboarder was talking. And that was the last dude I've ever seen talk shit. <laughs> um, like, you know, no one. I mean, especially in Austin, growing up here, I knew all the skateboarders and the BMXers, and there, you know, there was a few guys that would hate it. But most of the guys are cool. Like they let us skate the ramps and everything, and and you know it's the whole. I always feel like the whole media, you know, skateboarding media is responsible for it because you know rollerblading got so big and was competing in skateboarding, (coughs) so they made people hate it. (laughs) But you know, if you ask somebody why they hate rollerblading, (laughs) 
I can't give you a real answer. Yeah, what I what I think it's funny is like most of the guys that I see nowadays, like they man, I have a like I told you more than once in this conversation, I have a little skate shop inside a skate park. The amount of guys that get in the shop and just they start looking, oh, you sell this, and then they all say the same. I used to skate. I had a pair of skates. Like all of them, it's just like yeah. I'm talking like in fifty guys at least. 46 or 47 guys would say that they had a pair of skates so it just That's I don't funny. know they, they just did it because it was cool and then someone started saying it wasn't cool so they stopped doing it it's just it's just weird like I don't get it anyway it's also funny like how people I can't believe how many people just in Austin from that era of when rollerblading was really big like 16 17 18 years later are skating again, which is like a long time. Like I understand like not skating a couple years and skating again, but there's a lot of dudes who haven't skated since like the late nineties, early two thousands that have spot skates again here, which is pretty crazy to me. But that's the thing with the big wheels, like the big wheels, like man, what I always say is why did you start at skating? You didn't start at skating because you wanted to front flip or back flip or, or McTwist or uh, grind like a triple king rail. Like you started skating cause you loved you you enjoyed the, just rolling, just being on a skate and just feeling the, the wind in your face and all that. Yeah, well, I don't I don't think a lot of I mean that's true for a certain generation, but I mean a lot of young kids, they just went straight into, you know, seeing some video or something and wanting to grind. Yeah, and but they never. But still, what I'm trying to skate. say with this is like you put your 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 feet on your skate and you feel the wind on your face. I, I'm still yeah. waiting on the first kid that I see putting the skates for the first time, and when they first get their like when they first achieve success, like when they first just roll a little bit, I'm still waiting on the first kid that doesn't have a smile in his face. It's not going to oh, happen yeah. because it's, they love it. It's yeah. impossible. It's just like something that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, when I, I skate all the time, I'm like, and I see all these people running and riding bikes, I'm like, I'm like, why aren't they rolling? Fun. <laughs> you know, like. The funniest thing is like when they start complaining about their knees. Oh, my knees, knees, my, my knees, that. I can't rollerblade. But then they run like 10 Ks per day. <laughs> oh, running's so bad for your knees. It's, it's uh, man, like skating, like it's something like, I think that's, People don't are not informed enough somehow, because it's like if you have knee problems, if it's nothing like really bad, but if you if you skate like just skate, no impact or anything like that, the non like the using something which is not that stable will help you in general get like better well, I think knees. You would also help. You know, you'd have a lot more skaters also if. They could actually buy skates somewhere, you know. If they walk into a bike shop and there's also some rollerblades, they'd be like, "Oh, that's cool. Like, I'll try some of those." But if you don't even see them available anywhere, then you don't even want to think about getting them. Which yeah. has hurts you know the sport. Just a, there's you know almost no access to getting yeah, them. But, 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 the but the thing is, like when brands do, have you seen what what Ollie just posted today about K two? Mm-hmm. I didn't see it. Yeah, so basically, K2 was trying to, like, sold all these, made the, the shops, like, I think it was in Europe. They made them pre-order skates with, like, six like six months in advance. And uh-huh. everyone, like, that has shops in Europe, they made this pre-order. And once they, they got the skates, K2 started selling the skates on their website for, like, 
a lower price than the, these guys were selling in the shops. So basically, they would get just stuck with stock. That's pretty fucked up for a big company to do like that to do. Yeah, but they don't. Do they I care? I mean, they don't even. The do, question they is, do they sell. care? So. Oh, they don't care. I mean, obviously, they they haven't cared in a long time, yeah. or if they've ever even cared, is you know. Who knows if they ever care about rolling? Because yeah, it's not rollbiters. For me, it's frustrating. Like that's yeah. another. I'm gonna have to talk about Ispo again. At Ispo, they didn't have. They didn't have one single pair, of like these new street skates, or not even like not even the big like the what's the name of that skate with the four wheels, the the four, one hundred millimeter wheels, the so Soho. I don't know. Uh, Soho. I, don't, I can't remember the name. Soho or something like that, right? Yeah. You had the frames. What, what do you think of those frames? Um, I've only skated them once. Uh, I haven't like done any rockering or anything yet. Um, so I don't have a full opinion. I have them on, I put them on razor cults and the razor cults are so like, they just flex so much that they was really fun. Uh, my friend just gave me some Isler carbon free boots, but I don't have soul plates for them. So I, I've been, everybody's sold out of the soul plates. Damn it. So but I want to put them You know, those. you can use other, you can use the shadows. You can use the shadow plates or the UST sevens or any other plate or. Well, even... I need to get so. I want to put them on. I want to put them on those carbons. Because uh, I can't. Those razors. The, it's just hard to like make tight and. I just I don't like the way they feel on those. Boots. Yeah, but even even the you carbon frees, like, if you're gonna use the straps. They're made for you know aggressive skating. They're not made for like anything else. Yeah. So, um. So yeah, I I don't have a fully formed opinion on the K2 frames. I know people like them, that have had them. I know some people have sold them right away. So we'll see. And did the wheels last longer? Then <laughs> the wheels, dude. I found the wheels. I found I was. They have a place here. It's called the Velo Way. It's a three mile um, hilly, uh, paved like asphalt loop. That's only for cycling and rollerblading. Um. And there's a lot of like speed skaters and stuff to skate there. Yeah. And and I was there one day. I skate. It's down south. I skate there sometimes. And uh, I was there for like there's a set of eight atom wheels just chilling. And I was there for like four hours. And they were still there when I left, so I just took them and I put those on those K2 <laughs> R100s. <laughs> so wheels. I basically got like they were like I mean they were used. So I would assume somebody just like put new wheels on and left those. But they're like barely used, like they're in pretty good shape, and uh, and I was like, because I wasn't stoked on having to buy four 100 wheels uh, as well as the frames, so it like really worked out well. But I just have to, like, who finds eight, you know, yeah, like 100 millimeter wheels to put on some frames, <laughs> but but that's never gonna happen again. As <laughs> lucky, man, you never know. <laughs> well, did they did they yeah. have bearings? No, I ordered the wicked bearings with the frames. Okay, that's all. And you got them in America, right? No, I got them from a shop in Canada. Oh, that pro skaters place or something like that. Right? Yeah, it was the only place that had the frames left. Like Mick Castles found them online at four pairs of frames left, and so me, Mick, and Michael Kraft all from here in Austin ordered three, three of the last four they had. Oh, so did that's sick like they, they're also the, i think they're all i think they're the only place that usually have all the power slides stock too so every time there's like really? a new product they're the first but hey, if i'm not wrong they're the first place to get them to be honest i'd never heard of the store until mixing me link 
like I've never heard of the place. You know, because I know like uh, Shop Tasca's in it's in Toronto. Shop Tasca's in Toronto. I you know, obviously know them. Yeah, uh, you know, you know what's his name? Bill Stoppard. You know Bill Stoppard, the guy that, that guy. Is he the guy who does VODs? I mean, not the VODs, like the online yeah, yeah, video those, stuff. Yeah, the vlogs. I like, only know him because one of the one of the kids that skates here follows his video stuff. And he was talking about it. Yeah, that that uh, that guy is like he's skating with those. What's the name of those skates? The Rhine, I think the the, the brand is uh, Rhine. It's a hockey brand, and it's a hockey brand from Powerslide too. And these okay. guys skates with those skates, and he got those skates through pro skaters place i think that's the name pro skaters place or something like that it's pro skaters place like that they, they were like i mean it seems like a good shop they have everything and you know free shipping and whatever like uh free, sh free shipping and it came fast you know it came from fast from canada like uh but i mean it's the first i mean i i don't know i guess the last thing i ordered from a shop was i got three sets of undercover 110 wheels from oh no i got four wait i got yeah three sets of six undercover 110 wheels from inline warehouse that's sick that was the last thing uh, i bought uh, how does it feel friend. for you like after being for so long like having your own brands and all that stuff how does it feel for you like to put money into like a lot of people say there's no industry but there's something if you put money like if you yeah, bought I mean, the wheels and It's uh, I mean, it's nice supporting it, but I'd rather buy aggressive wheels because they're way cheaper. Because <laughs> yeah, one ten wheels, shit, like, it's a lot of like. It is. It's it's been a bummer because having to buy. Okay, you know, a lot of people are skating the one tens. Like, they're not skating nearly as far as I skate or anything like that. And so, for me, having to buy new wheels every month, like, really sucks <laughs> because it's yeah. really expensive. Like it's really sucks, and uh, so it sucks. It sucks at the point where I'd rather start a wheel company and have my own wheels. <laughs> so tell me, like, like if you start a you wheel, know, which, if which, you start, which, no, no, which but, I'm like thinking about doing. You know, like, if you start a wheel company, what's going to be the your your what's what wheel do you want to make? Like, what's the difference? What needs to be different with your wheels? Well, I'd like to have a wheel with a thicker core, a. Something with a core that's not going to crack as easy. Okay. Uh, but you know what? I mean, I don't even, uh, you know, I have like the places where we used to get wheels made. I don't even know if any of them make 100, I, you know, or anything like that, 110s. Is, that, no is that in America or is that, or that's in Asia? Uh, well, let me see. We had, we got wheels made in America, Italy, and Asia. Okay. Italy, Thailand, and, and the U.S., Yeah, because um, I remember that. So it's, the U.S. It, wheels were the first ones. They were the first ones, right? They're the worst. The wheels we got made in the U.S. We only got the, the only wheels we made in the U.S. is when we couldn't when we were running low on uh, wheels, and we you know you order the wheels, it takes like three four months for them to arrive. And if we ran out, we would order those 60 millimeter wheels in the U.S. Okay, was that libido or something like that? Yeah, it's Lebeda, yeah. but and I think Lebeda wheels were terrible. And it's like every all the like hundred and plus wheel companies all use Lebeda. Like it's all the same wheel. Um, so you know, I mean, maybe they've made their wheels better, but 
I never thought they were that good of wheels. They were just convenient being close right by San Diego. And have you tried scooter wheels? No, I haven't tried scooter wheels. Yeah, because they're like, they're supposed to be a lot stronger. Because all the impact that those kids. <laughs> Aren't they like, some of them have metal cores, but they're supposed to be really heavy. Yeah, they're they're a lot heavier, but there's like I think there's different ones. I've no I've no idea, and I do know that I think the urethane it's a little bit harder to, and that, that's I something mean, that I've been seeing now. And it's just I'd like to before dumping money on random wheels, I'd like to know if they suck or not first. I'll let you know in about three four weeks. I'm waiting on an order, and then I huh? I've, I've put I've put in my order some. Some wheel, some scooter wheels, but like, they're like 100 millimeters, not 110s. But I want to try them just to see if they feel any different. I think they're going to be a lot stiffer. I like the the stiffness on the matter wheels, like I told you, like the racing wheels. So I want to try the scooter wheels just to see that. I know they're going to be a lot heavier, but the truth is, like, man, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to feel that much difference. I, I want to try it so I can let you know yeah. after. So if you start a wheel brand, then I can tell if you can go for the. Scooter wheels. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I gotta try more wheels. It's just, it's, it's just the wheels are, they're so expensive. Like, you know, I can't justify spending two hundred dollars on some matter wheels, and then having them break in a month. Yeah, I know. You, you know, mean. like not knowing. What are you doing? Be, what are you doing for a living now? What do I do for a living? Yeah. I sell on eBay. Um, I've been doing, like. Even when we were doing rat tail and stuff, I always sold on eBay with like John Elliott mm-hmm. on the side. Uh, and basically, when I moved back to Austin, I just do full time. And I basically sell, uh, I buy and resell like a lot of like high end women's clothing and like footwear and mm-hmm. and just different things. I kind of, you know, I can go to a thrift store and I just know what sells. So I just spend three days a week shopping. Um, and I take photos like this morning. I shot photos of everything about this week, and I list on eBay. You have and like then, a little uh, studio or something where you do it, or you're just doing? I just set up. I just set up. In a, I set up like a little uh, backdrop in the garage. Um, yeah, and you got it all sorted, so it's just. Yeah. yeah. What about and, John? Uh, but it was nice. Every time I do a skate trip, I uh, I also make it a shopping trip. Yeah. So I stop at some thrift stores, buy some things, and then I ride off my whole skate trip that's cool so <laughs> and what about john is he like and he's not skating right but is he still doing lemonade no, john hasn't skated since uh since like leading a blind or something era um what was your question what else is, is he still doing lemonade no i lemonade i don't know the details i know that um it's not. It's on hiatus right now. I think there was some issues with the manufacturer or something like that. Yeah, it took a um, little bit too long for the skates to come out. Huh? Yeah, I think the marketing and everything, the photography was superb. Yeah, it was amazing. It, like he was doing like a really nice job promoting the product, but yeah, it didn't have the product, to, right? I expected it to, you know, be pretty successful, but um, I only, you know, I. I don't have much contact with John these days. We talked to me you know, every, well, every couple months. But you guys uh, are like cool, right? With each other. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, we're still friends, you know. Everything, you know, got sour with the whole rat tail shit, but, but uh, you know, we're still talking. When I go to San Diego, we hang out. That's cool. <laughs>
I, I saw something on Facebook today, like, no, no, it wasn't today, it was like last week or something. You said something about like the bad times in California. Did you it really ate it that bad? Did you really hate Cali? Oh, yeah. Uh, do I really hate Cali that bad? Yeah. I hate the memory. I hate the memories of, 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 of San Diego, but I do want to go back soon. And I went back, I went there three years ago, went to San Diego with Jeremy Bay mm -hmm. and we stayed with John. We were there for Halloween and we ate. There's so much good food out there, seafood <laughs> and, and, um, and San Diego's like, As far as big wheel skating, like there's a lot of paths and and uh, trails and nice roads, and I kind of want to. I think about taking the Amtrak train out there and for a long weekend and going skating and eating sometime in the near future. That's cool. And downhill skating, no, there's no downhill skating there. for you. That's dude. Me and Jared did a downhill skating in 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 Zagreb. Yeah, in Croatia. Yeah, I know. I know. We, exactly. we we skated up some mountain there, like just some ski area. It's something down. that needs to be way more explored somehow. Because like that was really scary because, like, had we driven down the road first, like in a car or something, to see how the road actually is. Yeah. Like instead of blindly bombing like a mountain <laughs> with that's that's really like curvy and not knowing if there's flats or if it's all down or yeah if and there's scars <laughs> like i would have done it again after the first time knowing the road but there's no way in hell i was skating back up the mountain because we skated up the mountain Ish. like and that was really really hard skating up that mountain like really hard and it was steep and like it was like really really a terrible skate uphill and uh and, but a good story man was <laughs> it was really a terrible scary. skate but he got a good story after it Yeah, I mean, it was beautiful. Like, but yeah, it would definitely, it would definitely be cool to do that downhill again. Um, and I also, if I did it again, I would wear a helmet because yeah. not having a helmet on that downhill, it was that's, so fast and gnarly. Yeah, there, there's like, two things about downhill. Like, like, the first thing is like, it's not just for, it's not just for for downhill. It's like off-road especially you need protection like off-road or downhill you need protection that's it i'm not even going to talk like about just skating because i don't know for some people it's not cool i've been trying to use it as much as i can but every now and then i still like forget it or it's, it's too hot or whatever but then other than that it's just like videos man i don't know like inline skating like we can go so fast on downhill like And you see like all these downhill skateboarding videos and they got like amazing stuff. But when it comes to to inline skating, you never saw like a proper, like well-made inline downhill skating video. Yeah, I was actually going to ask on the group if there's any good downhill skating videos because everything I've seen looks like it was filmed in the like 90s. Yeah, there's like, Or... there's like nothing like proper, like filmed. Nowadays, like man, I, I do have a gimbal. I'd like we have like drones, we have gimbals, we have like all the best cameras that we can film whatever, and I don't know. Like I live in a place with all these downhill, like some of the best downhill skateboarders in the world. They come to Cape Town just to film around here, and and we end up not doing it. I don't know. It's just something that needs to be explored still a yeah. lot more. I yeah, I want to. I, I talked to some of the downhill guys about doing some things on the website because you know I really don't know anything about it at all. Um, 
There's this guy you know, that he's from. I don't know where where he's from. I, I know he's, he skates for Rollerblade. He used to be really good in aggressive skating, and he's getting into. He he got like also really good at downhill skating. This Gabe Holm, you know him? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, from what I know, he's been winning events and like downhill events. But that's another example. Like I'm pretty sure that he's really really good, but we haven't seen anything to you know. Like, I mean, just a, like, like. Until we started doing that, until I started that Facebook page, I didn't even know that there was downhill frame companies. You know, like yeah, uh, and and there's like several of them, and it's like you know the thing about downhilling. What's funny to me is it's I mean it's awesome you get a rush, but it's like you don't really like these guys aren't skating up the mountain to go skate down it like nah, they're driving man, up you, the mountain you, know, you need cars you need cars it's more like you know it's, it's like just when like me and jared did that mountain in zagreb like we skated up that bitch and nah. it was more rewarding man you, down you it. see like they, they have like cars doing like just like just like when they go skiing you, mm-hmm. you, like the forfeit for skiing like you need to to have someone just bringing you up and then you do the whole thing down again and well i mean i think it'd be fun to do like uh you know on those like 150s or whatever some go up, take the lifts up to the ski ski areas and stuff during summer. Oh, that's crazy. That would be cool because you know, like all the mountain bikers do that. Yeah, they, but they have like the proper places to do it. Like we could do it. Like I know that in France, there's this. There was this guy. He, he was the Portuguese street skating champion like two years in a row. He used to live in France, and I think he's back in France again. His name is Pedro Ferreira, and. He was working in a ski resort, and then that ski resort in the summer becomes like a downhill bicycle resort, something like that. So basically, they do bicycle in the summer and skiing in the winter. Yeah, that's how, that's, that's how all the ski places in America are. Yeah, so like Colorado, California, like every single one of them. Like all my friends that ride bikes out here, they all do that, or they go to Canada to Whistler because all of them, all the ski resorts are mountain biking in the summer. Man, and you, you saw that Werbeski video that was made in one of those places. He made a video. Yeah. That- it was all filmed with a phone, and he got like almost he, he, he got like almost a million views on YouTube. Like, it got kind of like viral. It's crazy. Like now, yeah, imagine if the whole thing is filmed like with a proper camera and like, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, filming stuff like that would be. You definitely need some better gear and some drones and stuff. <laughs> like, and some multiple people filming, I guess. I don't know. It's like a production. Yeah, but now, like nowadays, all the the video gear is just so much more accessible than than it used to be. So, and all of us have a friend that have these or that or whatever. A few years ago, it would be just impossible. Now it's just probably just so easy that somehow we get lazy and we just don't do it i don't know right <laughs> anyway well hopefully we can get some fire under people's asses with the website yeah get i'm like people doing some things yeah i think once there's like a place where we can put everything together i think mm-hmm. that there's only one way for that and that is success so yeah and See, like, oh, think, uh, yeah, yeah. What? Have you seen that tri- that tri- Parasite Triscape magazine? I've seen it in Kenneth's iPad. 
and Kenneth was the one uh -huh. doing the whole thing, basically. And then when okay. I saw the printing, Ispo wasn't the best, so Kenneth wasn't really happy with it. But they still okay. made a few changes, and uh, from what I know, uh -huh. the final one should be quite cool. But I I don't have it yet. It's coming in my order, so still waiting okay. a few weeks. But All from right. what I know, people that saw it, they like it. It's more like an yeah, I need, I need to get some. I need to hit Parasite up and have Melmi one or something. Yeah, I think that Pro Skaters Place have it, and I think I'm not sure if Roller Warehouse or Inline Warehouse or something like that. Yeah, well, too. I probably have to order something to get it, right? <laughs> yeah, probably. But if you're ordering wheels every month. <laughs> yeah, no, well, no, I'd but like, I know I can. Like to, I'd like to end that. I'd like to end that that someday. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> maybe have somebody start, you know, maybe I can get a, some sort of wheel sponsor for distance skating. <laughs> Man, if you, if you start doing, I think that's what it, how it works, right? If you start doing the website and if you're promoting like skating differently and if you're helping skating in a different way, I'm pretty sure like brands will be keen to do it. Either like one of yeah, the power well, brands or even MPC or whatever. I'm pretty sure right. brands will be keen to have the main guy or the guy trying to to make something work using their product. So yeah, it's just you, you know it. Like yeah, just look no, at no. you. Like you started working at Daily Bread and the whole thing, the way things went. Like you had your yeah. own brand and all that stuff, and now you're even talking about starting your own wheel brand. So. <laughs> <laughs> you need to call it three by three. <laughs> three by three. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny, I guess. Um, I'll okay. think about. I'll sleep on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, man. It's like it's eleven. What time is it there? It's uh four thirty in the afternoon. Yeah, we've been a... talking for yeah one how long? Yeah, one and a half hour. Huh? I'm pretty sure people will enjoy to. To hear your ideas and the main idea for me to do this is like man you're starting something new and we want more people to to know about it and the more we cross audiences the better the thing this thing works well, the, main, just, the main reason I just fast it's gone with people just you know since we posted a page just how fast it's people have gotten on there and buying blades like yeah, but, but the so many like, people blades that page but it now imagine crazy. this that's just one audience and now imagine if you yeah. make that guy that i just told you bill stopper he has like thirty-eight thousand uh, subscribers been, on youtube adding, with then, that instagram page i've been adding so many like slalom skaters and and speed skaters yeah that's the thing like you, so many of them. You, you need to start We're all over. i can't believe how many fucking skaters are in spanish-speaking countries <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, South America like, is South huge, America, man. South America, like, like doing these big wheel that that the challenges on the on on the internet. Uh, sorry, on my phone, like the the app that I use for skating, the yeah. tracks miles. All the challenges I'm part of, like everyone on them is from Spain, like everyone, and they do like two thousand. They've already done like two thousand, three thousand miles because <laughs> there's so many places to skate there, like. <laughs> you know it's insane but are they from spain or from from Sp all those people from spain like all these like people i've been finding on instagram are from like south america or like indonesia or like random places or iran or like yeah, all but, over the place yeah like slalom slalom it's 
huge in Asia. Like from what I know, in China is like a big thing, and there's like a lot yeah, of even uh, even if it's just a small thing, thing, if it's a small thing for them, they have so much more population that a small thing for them will be a lot bigger than everywhere. Oh yeah. Else, so I mean, just in Barcelona, like the amount of people we saw doing slalom, it was. I mean. And all kinds of people, like old people, like hipsters, like little kids. Man, uh, I swear, like one percent of Barcelona rollerblades. Like, <laughs> I know. So many people. The the last time I was there, like two months ago, you know this guy Pablo Solar, Pablo Soler. Yeah. Pablo is uh -huh. like really really good at sliding. So, I met Pablo. I think it was like Friday, and then on, and then we were speaking about meeting up on Saturday morning, and. Saturday morning I met him and he was doing like a, a slide class and then they have like slide classes some shops have just sliding classes and then it's more than one shop doing sliding classes and they do like slalom That's classes out to stop class? classes yes I'm, wow I'm, surprise yeah like Rue has their classes every Saturday Aerox whatever every Saturday yeah like but, so many people but it's more than one shop doing it and that's 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 amazing man it's just but they also oh, have yeah, it in Poland. So stops there <laughs> was pretty crazy. But they also have it in Poland. Like from what I know, like the Polish scene is also growing a lot. Like those guys from Edenskate and Bladeville, which is kind of like the same thing. They're like uh -huh. they've been making skating grow a lot. I remember the first time I went to Poland was like 2005. I went for this Edenskate tour, and skating was like starting to pick up there but they never gave up and they took skating to like tv so many times and to all kinds of media and like skating is like a big thing in poland too so i don't know maybe we have a lot to learn with those guys yeah yeah <laughs> i saw a lot of polish people on that instagram too yeah. it is there okay man i think we're gonna wrap it up huh? <laughs> All right, dude. Okay, it was I'll nice talking to you, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, I huh? talking to you. I'll okay. see you uh, someday. <laughs> I'll no, we need to speak. I'll send, this. You, I'll send you those uh, those questions in the next couple of days. Okay, and I'll send you. I'll try to to finish the pictures that I need to send you tomorrow. So okay. for everyone listening to this, this should be out like in a few days, and a few days later or a few weeks later, there should be something, the opposite way, which is you writing about me. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, cheers, man. Thank you so much. All right, bye. bye. Later. And that's it. I hope you enjoyed this little talk with Mr. Jan Welsh. And if you want to hear more of this, you know what to do. Subscribe to the channel down in the left, right. No, down in the right side, there's a little subscribe button. And then on the side, there's like a bell. Click on that and you'll get notifications every time I upload something okay bye bye guys cheers Vou viver até quando...